0: My name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast And I'm joined by John James as always John James, how are we? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, so let's get right into it Let's talk about the big news Uh, Stracking going, we got a wish And Malcolm McKay is in caretaker charge What's your thoughts? Uh, I'm not against it, I think it's fine Uh,
1: I'm I'm not against him being interim for the time being But I don't think that he's the man that should be given the job full time Uh, I think that he's had one standout season and, And he's... Career, and that's Manager of Cardiff, getting them promoted, but the circumstances involving his him leaving, I mean that kind of hinders him being able to take the Scotland job because you can't walk from one controversy right into the top job of that nation, and I think mean, the role he's in in the SFA, that's his performance director. Isn't I think yeah, I
0: think it's performance director, technical that's, director. I'm not that's too sure. a
1: role that you need, you need someone that's willing to commit to that role for a number of years, not just one year. I mean, his the job he's already got requires his full attention. I don't think that he should leave that job to become international manager and then someone has to step in to do the job that he was doing. So I think mean, he should stay where he is and I think that we should go for someone else for a manager.
0: Um do you know what I think? Uh, I actually think, right, if Malcolm if Malcolm Mackay gets a decent result against Holland, he I think he will be in contention to take over at Scotland. I think he will be. Um do you think that would be disastrous if Malcolm Mackay took over? I,
1: honestly, I don't think it would be as bad as people are making out. It's more of the same, though. It's he's, he's, it's the same appointment that we're used to. It's just the same old. We're getting another guy who is from a certain era, and he's probably going to play the exact same football that what we've been seeing for the past what Four, four five years under Striking. It's it's not it's not what's going to take Scotland forward, and I don't think he should be judged on friendly of against a nation who had white like, white like didn't even qualify. So I don't see how us beating Holland, hypothetically, gives someone the job just because you beat someone in a meaningless. It's not. I'm sorry. It's the last friendly that will ever be played before this new international league or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's. I don't see how that that should, warrant and him getting appointed if we win it. It's, it's a meaningless friendly. I know, but you know what the SFA like,
0: and if they see Scotland beat like everyone that was Holland, I know. I know they didn't qualify for World cup this year, right? For in this qualifying stage. But the thing is the SFA will see that is okay, Scotland have got a result against a major country. And Holland, Holland are Holland that's, aren't what but, they used to be. Yeah, I know what I know. But the SFA will sti- still see Holland as a major country that Scotland have been able to get a result against. But it would be interesting to see what happens. Stracking leaving, absolutely the right decision. And we'll see what happens. Uh, so let's get back to domestic football. What we're here for. Um Steve Clark, the new Kilmarnock manager, I think that is a terrific a terrific appointment. Um, in my opinion, um, Kilmarnock will be safe. Now I don't know how they managed to pull this one off. Um, JJ, you the, you actually agree with me in this one? Yeah. Steve Clark, fantastic appointment for Kilmarnock, very
1: ambitious. It's a it's a big it's a big name. It's it's it's, it's not a, it's not one of the names that's on the regular merry go round either in Scottish football. Even though he is Scottish, but he's obviously been in England for a long time. Two or three years ago he was actually like with a Celtic yeah. job. So he was But that's what people were saying. People it was after Ronnie Dyber people were saying that yeah. they, they wanted him to be the next Celtic. Man. A lot of Celtic fans said that a lot of so, pundits as well. So this guy who was linked with the right now the top job yeah. in Scottish domestic football. He was linked with the the job that would be winning trophies and now he's ended up at Comarack so yeah, you're right, yeah. and it's not I don't even think it's a case of how far his stocks dropped. I just think it's def- I think that he had a few West Brom, the West, from West Brom, he should never have been sacked. Yeah, he'd like, done a terrific job. I'm pretty sure he achieved one of the highest finishes in West Brom. He did, I West think he finished Brom eighth. yeah. So, then he gets sacked. Uh, the last job he was at, I believe, was assistant manager at Aston Villa, I mm-hmm. believe. So, it's not even as if he wasn't working at big clubs, and now he's in up at And obviously, he was there overseeing their 2-0 win over party
0: Fizzle. Oh. Yeah, of course. And, like, I think Steve Clark has applied for a lot of jobs, and he's obviously not got them. He's been very unsuccessful in that aspect. And I think he sees Kilmarnock as a stepping stone. He's like, yeah. I can make, I, like, I can big up my reputation I again, I can do well Kilmarnock, and maybe I can go back down to England or whatever. He's
1: still got, in the majority of his season, if he could, if he got Kilmarnock to finish even 7th, if he got Kilmarnock to finish 7th, that's undoubted success for Kilmarnock and where they were yeah. for the last few years. if I I doubt it, but say say he done something absolutely spectacular at Kilmarnock, and say he sneaked the top six spot, and say he even finished sixth. That's ridiculously good for Kilmarnock, and his stock would be even higher. Yep. Yeah. And not to me, I'm not saying Kilmarnock, I, I'm not saying again that they will achieve this, but and they've still got the Scottish Cup to play for. So uh, say he even got Kilmarnock to this quarter final, or say he got say he took Kilmarnock to ha- at Hamden at least once. That is even better for his stock and Kilmarnock's, Kamarnock will be in a better position and then he'll more likely get a move to England. So the league's are club in a better scenario and he can move on a better job. So
0: do you see Kamarnock staying up this season? Because I 100% do. Just purely because of this appointment with Steve Clarke.
1: I don't see Kamarnock uh, being in any trouble this season. Yeah, so. uh, Obviously he's still got to work with the same players and I was we've criticised Kamarnock's squad before so he still has to work with the same squad. It's just a case of can he get results from that squad and who he can bring in in January. Yeah, of course. But, uh, so... Uh, Going over to Party Thistle. party Thistle. So let's talk about the game. Camarnock
0: uh, beat Partick Thistle 2-0. Camarnock, um, uh, terrific I thought. They, like, Considering how poor they've been over the last recent uh, while or so, they looked well organised. Uh, they caused Partick Thistle a lot of problems. Jordan Jones I thought was outstanding party for Camarnock.
1: Partick Thistle did cause a lot of their own problems. I yes,
0: like that, I know. Defensively, goal. Party Thistle were horrendous. That first goal, you don't gift the ball to Chris Boyd in the six-yard box. That's, you're just asking for trouble there. And Boyd put it away, very tidy finish. And I think Aaron Frazell scored the second goal, absolutely outstanding strike. And of course the Camarnock players had to put a, put a shoe on. They, they were under pressure, they had to make a statement because Steve Clark was in the stands watching them. So pressure was on and they had to make an impression. And I think uh, the command players done just that. Mm. And uh, it was a big three points. And we were saying a couple of weeks ago, I think we said it, um, I think it was last on the pod last week, we were saying Kamara and Thistle, massive game for both teams. Both teams really floundering at the moment. And Thistle, everybody, I think a lot of people were expecting Thistle to win that game. Everyone was writing off Kamara and Thistle went on and beat, you know, Thistle went on and lost the game. And they were really poor, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they're, it's, they're undoubtedly in trouble now. Like, for, for weeks, everyone's been saying and no they and mean coded saying that they'll come good. And that's another loss against a side that they, they're going to be near. So, is, is, but, but on, that, on, the same, on that same token though, last season they only had three wins in December and look where they ended up. They've got zero wins right now and this is October. So, yep. they could easily end up still being in a better position than what they were last December. But at the same time they could also be in a worse position if they don't start picking up points. Yeah, exactly. Um
0: I think I don't think the Party Thistle board will panic. No. I think Alan Archibald will be given
1: time, as he should be given time, considering how well he'd done last he season. Could have, he could have left party Thistle in the summer with the many jobs that he was linked with yep. and he, he chose to stay. So I mean, as well as that and what he's re- he's done with Party Thistle, they should be giving him time. If if he got sacked from Party Thistle right now, I think that would be a complete travesty. I mean, that would be very unfair. The amount of service that he's given, the, the years he's given of service to Partick Bissell, I think that he's earned the right to get a chance to turn it around. Last season, he's been a vict- I think he's been a victim of his own success. The, the, what they achieved last season, people were thinking this season. And I was including this way, I thought Partick Bissell could have took a the top, the top six spot again because their squad undoubtedly is a decent squad, but they obviously they're struggling. But I think as soon, I still believe that if they get that one, that first win. I mean, they could easily kick on That you. was it, though. That was it. Like, they they had to beat Kelly. That
0: was a, a must-win game for both teams. And Kilmarnock came out on top. And Thistle's performance in that game, they looked very sluggish. Um, they were just, as we were saying about their defence, that was the worst I've seen their defence all season. That's probably the worst I've seen Thistle all season as well. Um, as we were saying, Alan Archibald he will get given time, as he should be, but he needs to get a win ASAP. And Kilmarnock, I think Kilmarnock will build... Uh, from this win they'll kick on and I think they will be safe uh, this season. And so we'll move on to the Rangers and St Johnston game. Uh, St Johnston lost being to Rangers. John James what did you make of the game? I
1: think that St Johnston will be very very disappointed in the last two domestic results. that they. Because the last season St Johnston finished in the top four. And now they've played Celtic, Aberdeen and Rangers all teams last season that they were competing against and they were doing relatively well against but they've now (laughs) it's weird though because they've taken the point off a Celtic taken a point off a Celtic that they've been beat handedly by the other two sides I don't it's undoubtedly hurt them because that's a that's a home game that they've lost against Rangers Uh, I think they it, it was a weird game because Rangers played at times some decent football but then other times it was a johnson game, it was quite gritty. Um, well, well, I thought Rangers, I thought it was a very professional
0: performance, um, probably that was by far Rangers' best result so far this season, um, Carlos Pena, um, four goals in six league games, um, you can't really argue with that at all, uh, Pena overall, I don't think his overall play was fantastic. But if he continues just scoring goals, I'll be over and with that. I'll be totally fine with that. He scored, he's, he scored two terrific goals as well. Uh, Graham Dorrance, I thought he had his best game so far in a Rangers jersey. He was outstanding. And it was a really big result for Rangers, don't you agree? Uh, like, I did not see that coming. I, I, don't I, anyone, I, don't anyone,
1: I don't think anyone. Most people in Scottish football wouldn't say that you're going to go to McDermott. Most teams are going to go to McDermott Park and win 3 0. So that was a against St Johnson in general. No. But I think it's a big three point for Cassini as well because I think that. Again, it's almost as if it's, it's almost a recurring pattern that he goes through a wee sticky p- spell, uh, and then he gets a result that buys him some time, and then Rangers go back into sticky spot. So I think mean, it's more of how Rangers are going to build on from this. This is a decent platform though. They've got Mother in the semi final coming up next. If Rangers win the semi final, they're in a final, and then they and you need to keep building on it and keep that because good for, uh, good uh, like keep that confidence going because it's not even just a. I think it's been a thing about Rangers for the past three seasons. As Rangers get big results, and then they lose again, or they drop points, and then it starts that pattern again. So Rangers need to win against Mow and they need to keep that going in the league. Otherwise, then they're just back in their their similar pattern. Yeah, and especially with especially with a double header coming up against Aberdeen.
0: So yeah, that'll be that'll be massive. Um, Cardoso and Alves, I thought, uh, were very solid at the back. It's the best I've seen them all season as well. Everything just really clicked for Rangers. It was very professional. And talking about Carlos Pena, going back to him. Do you know who Carlos Pena reminds me quite a lot of? Maurice do He's just the style of, the style of his play. And the way he passes the ball. The kind of type of player that he is. And as I was saying, if Pena just scores goals, I'll be totally fine with that. I will be 100% fine with that. And obviously I've been very critical of Carlos Pena on the podcast over the last few weeks. Same with yourself. I think it's been totally justified the criticism for Pena, considering how much money was spent on him, two point five million over the last few weeks. He's not shown it. He's been very sluggish. He's not been fit, but if he continues to score goals, I'll be able to that. Four goals in six games. That's a that's a very good stat. So it is. So yeah, it was a big win for Rangers. So it was, and as you were saying,
1: John James, can you see Rangers getting on here? I don't know what Rangers fixtures looks like in the week but I would be expecting that... You, anyway, any team is expecting to win a semi-final, so I think Rangers would... It would be a bit flat if Rangers went on to lose a semi-final. Yeah, the semi-final will be massive. If, if Rangers, massive if weekend, Rangers yeah. want to lose that semi-final, which is kind of... That completely... That 3-0 that game goes out the window. So, as I said, they need... To, if, they don't, if Rangers don't beat Millo and say Millo will take that, then Cassini is right back under pressure because domestically... Dom- I think everyone's conceding that it's going to be difficult to keep up with Celtic over the course of a season, but domestically, in 90-minute cup football or 120-minute cup football, that's where it's at. That's where it's at for sides like Rangers and Aberdeen and Hibs and Harps. So Rangers want to be in that, that final. They want to be back in a final. Whether it's against Celtic or Hibs, then that's where it's at. It's, right now it's the bread and butter to get to that final. If they don't win that, back in a dodgy situation. But I I think Rangers might... I think, I, think, I think Rangers do have enough in the tank to beat Mullerwell. Oh, I, I, I think Mullerwell are a very dodgy side right now as well. Right? They're on form, they're on form, mate. They're, so, they're on form, can't so, deny that. So I think that... I think it'll be an interesting game. I mean, think... We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll I don't know see Rangers. how it goes. I don't, yeah. see how Rangers fit. I don't know what the Rangers fits to us looks like after
0: uh, the cup game. But so, that, that, was a big resu- uh, that was a big result. And I firmly believe Rangers will be able to kick on from... Uh, Beat mm-hmm. St Johnson 3-0 which was I was over the moon with that result and let's talk a little bit about St Johnson um, another game where Michael Hallam has not be playing mm-hmm. and they've lost well, what's the, the issue here like Motherwell, oh, Motherwell um, St Johnson well, they're struggling without Michael Hallam that, who, I, can't, I can't remember
1: his name the St Johnson striker that was, a, a, that was started started the other striker it's not not Stephen McLean Cummins Yeah uh, Cummins He has not scored a goal This season Cummins is very poor So, so on Friday night So St. Johnson's goals this season Primarily came from O'Halloran O'Halloran And McLean yep. If you So you take your O'Halloran Of that squad it's, it's, it's kind of left on It's left on McLean's shoulders yep. And if McLean can't find the net And Cummins hasn't found the net At all this season Then it's a problem Because I, I said that earlier when I said this Several podcasts ago That uh how are St. Johnson going to cope without Michael Harden because if Rangers, if, if, if Rangers decide they want to take O'Halloran back and just sit him on the bench that's what they'll do yeah. they'll do that and St. Johnson are going to lose him in January is it? Yeah January so they will lose him in January unless of course they can come to some sort of agreement with Rangers but I don't see why Rangers would I, I said at the time I don't see why Rangers gave them Michael Harden anyway because that's a team that's going to be up there so I could see easily see Rangers taking him back and either selling him to England or just keeping him, yeah, keeping and him just I, so that,
0: as, as I've said in previous pods, I, don't, I really cannot wrap my head around why we got Riddle and put him on St. Johnson, because he's a talented player, he's not been given a fair chance, and I think Pedro has handled this situation very, very poorly, especially coming out in the press and saying Michael Holland's not my type of player. That's not what you do when you're the manager of Rangers Football Club, that's I, just not on.
1: How, <laughs> it's just another strange thing. How can you sign Dalziel? And then claim Michael howland isn't your type yeah, of player. Michael Howland is a better player. Michael is a better player than what Dalso is. You're you probably a better player than <laughs> You could have kept you could have kept Michael Howland in that side and not signed Dalso, and you wouldn't have cared. Because why why bring in this around that? I know, I know obviously your knows him because he's Portuguese and all that. Yeah. But you could have not signed him and just kept Michael Howland in that squad. But obviously it's now up to St. Johnson to try and find out a way to Combat this if they do. Maybe they'll come at an agreement and they'll sign Sale and you can keep Michael <laughs> but Aye. I don't know what St George are going to do there because the clear is an issue. That's two heavy defeats yep. to clubs that they're used to being beside in recent years. So Tommy will he'll, he'll find a way to deal with it, but whether that's he's going to bring in someone else or he's going to try and not include Michael Howland just to try and get them used to not having them, I don't know because if you don't include them, then you struggle for goals. If you do include him, you will score goals that you might not get when he's not there. Yeah. So it's, it's how you I don't know how he's going to work it out. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for him because obviously St.
0: Johnson, the resources they have, if they lose O'Halloran, how can they genuinely replace
1: that? I think one player that I thought was probably St. Johnson's best player against Rangers was that uh, Stefan and Because he, he seemed like he was creating chances. He, I think at one point in the game he, he skipped by the left back was it Wallace It was playing no it was, was it? De- I think at one there was like a part in the game where he got past Declan John and there was just no one in the box there was no one from the point to if Michael Halloran was playing he'd be in a position to receive that ball no one else was there so I think there are players in St. John's side that can make chances like Schugel Wotherspoon even Mc- McLean can finish but Michael Halloran a better player he's got pace as well so mm. the, the there's players there that can't that St. John- will help St. John's it's just Imagine you get them all on the side. Ah, you're right. So let's uh, move
0: on to the Lanarkshire Derby. Aki's <laughs> um, lost two, one to High flying Motherwell right now, yep. big one for the whale. Well. And it's been a good week for mm-hmm. Uh Robinson signed a new deal till 2020, yeah. and uh, what more could
1: you say, a great result uh, for Mullerwell in the This game was showed Mullerwell had a bit of character as well, because obviously they, make, they go 1-0 down to yeah. an absolutely sublime <laughs> strike. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think Scondras has done that twice now, He done it last season, I can't remember who done it against, but... Uh, it showed about character. They came back from one 0 down to win that game. Especially, I thought when Hamilton took the lead, because Hamilton have had a bad, bad week. Especially with that news coming out that uh, they lost. out uh, the fraud scandal. They lost out. Uh, they, I think they were saying they lost out on like. A, I think they were talking near near enough a million pounds, and for a club like Hamilton, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's really bad. Uh, what very worrying. So when they took the lead, I thought this was this maybe Canon and say a team stop team talk about giving the fans something to cheer for. On the pitch rather than what yeah. he went off the pitch, so I thought Hamilton were just gonna shut down and just kind of accept that what, were like, trying to hold on for however long they had to hold on. But it, it seems like an ongoing a by Hamilton right now. They seem to take the lead and then they aren't able to just hold on to that lead. It's exactly what they done last season, with exception of last season they were taking the lead and drawing, and this season they're taking the lead and losing. So it's yeah. an issue that needs to be solved. Though. Because Cause I I say there that, well, that Hamilton not like. A team that could avoid being in that whole playoff situation, and now they're in a situation where they've, they've lost, lost. They five, defeat, five defeats in a row it's and th- they've conceded 13 goals this season as um, well. Obviously, that's Hamilton's worst, worst run since they got back into the Premier League. Yep. So they've started it, they were in a position where they could actually build on it, and now they're just right back where everyone expected them to be. Ah, I mean, absolutely. well, and they've completely flipped scenarios because now model are right are in, and are Mullo are fourth. So yeah, Mullo are fourth. Either
0: flying right now. And Motherwell, from set pieces, very effective, especially from the corners. They've scored more uh, goals from set pieces than any other team in the league. And that
1: is a very, like, that's a good start for them. And I thought what was interesting from this derby is they, what, they scored two goals, they won the game, and Lui Mote was not one of the goal scorers. Yes, exactly. So again, another game where... That debunks the myth that they're a one-man team. So another game, I think they done it against Partick as well, but they never scored against Partick. Uh, that's another game where Muller won a game without Ole scoring. I don't think any of the strikers actually scored. It was uh, uh, Hartley, their centre back, who's got something like four goals in five games. There's not, uh, they're midfielder as well. Tate as well. Yeah, Tate, yeah. So that's none of the number stri- Obviously, it might be slightly worrying that none of your strikers have scored, but it doesn't really matter. They're getting they the goals and they're getting results. You're, you're winning a derby, no injuries, and now you've, you're have going into a semi final. So I don't think Muller have anything to fear. Mullow should go into that semi final. Playing exactly the way they've played the last couple of weeks because if you play with fear, then you're not going to get
0: decent performances. Yeah, and as I was saying about the set pieces, how effective uh, and how much of a threat Mullerville are from set pieces, that's what Rangers will need to watch this weekend because if you notice as well, when Mullerville have a corner or a set piece, they just flood the box with bodies. Like at times it'll be five men, at times it'll be seven men, six men, and it's, it's risky, but they're, they're reaping the rewards for it. And they're, they're flying right now. Credit yeah. Robertson for like, the work he's doing in the
1: training ground uh, making these set pieces uh, very effective. They run the risk of getting counter but if you're throwing eight bodies into that box, chances are one of your players are going to get on the end of it. And obviously Rangers, Rangers fans will admit it as well, Rangers at times this season have been prone to uh, their defenders switching off. And yeah. if you switch off against Molo, you've seen it against Amardine in the... The quarterfinal, wouldn't switch off for a matter of 30 seconds. They'll punish days. you. The, the, I think Allardine switched off for two set pieces and we 2 nil down mm-hmm. in the first half. So it can happen. And Motherwell are very capable of doing it. So I think they're, they're going to aim to do exactly the same against, as what they've done at Allardine. Is what they've been doing to everyone. They're going to aim to do that against Rangers as well. Uh, and it's the same. They've got something to play for. They know that they can get to a final here. Yeah. For Mullerwell, for a club like Mullerwell, I think the last time they made an appearance was Scottish Cup against Celtic. Yeah, Scottish Cup final So, 2011. So, I think for Mullerwell as well, for Robinson, if Robinson can guide Mullerwell a final, even the fact he's got into Hamden right now is an achievement in itself, so they're going to want to go a step further. Considering where Mullerwell have
0: been over the last couple of seasons, especially under Mark McGee, they were just in a really bad place, and now it looks like they've turned the corner. And I even said at the start of the season, I was like, oh, Mullerwell, I'm not entirely convinced, but Robinson's proven me wrong so they far. Brought, they brought in some like 11 bodies. So. Yeah. I credit to credit to Robertson. He's, he's done well so far. Great start of the season for Mullerwell. And we'll move on to the Celtic-Dundee game. Celtic beat Dundee 1-0. And Celtic, even though they had effectively a fringe team out, they Craig, won the game, they kept a very, clean sheet. It was a very power performance. It was a very flat performance from Celtic, every, I thought.
1: I think everyone expected that because obviously they're playing Bayern Munich in midweek so they're just yeah. aiming to rest some of their players. But at the same time, Dundee could have easily came away from that game. Dundee were months. very unfortunate
0: to lose that game, I thought. I thought they should have, should have had a penalty as well. Do you agree? See, I. It was I've, an incident between I I've think seen it was Gambo and Jack Kerry? I've,
1: I've seen it several times and I'm just so unsure. I think it is a penalty. I'm, I'm so unsure on it because I don't think Gambo was... The, the argument is if you if you don't mean it it still makes it a fill and it still makes it a penalty as well. But I don't think I think they both went up and they both knew the the risks of both uh, going into that. And I I'm not sure Gambo has got a touch, but obviously you've seen that the they the clearly clash heads. Yeah. But I'm unsure. I I thinking if it's given, then it's you can you can argue. you totally understand. You can, it. If it's given, I understand. If it's not given, I understand I understand why it wasn't given. But I think Dundee don't need to just look at the penalty. The, the player, one of the players went clean through and go and hit the ball straight at De Vries, so I don't think I don't think that was a penalty. No, no, I don't think that was a penalty I whatsoever. D- I think uh, I think very much that they're their own it's their own fault that they, they haven't taken something from that game because I think it's Rory Deacon. Rory Deacon goes clean through and hits the ball straight at De Vries. He could have picked a, picked a spot and then you leave Parkhead by a point. Yeah. But Celtic and from their perspective it's a flat performance, they'll know it's flat, they probably won't play as bad as that. Again, yeah. they got the three points. I don't think much more you can say. Yeah, about I think 70. Dundee can actually take a lot of positives out of that game. So Dundee made them work. Yeah. Scott Bain, I thought it was the story of two keepers. I think De Vries made some uh, some decent saves. And uh, Scott Bain made some great saves as well. I think he gets beaten by a shot that just wriggles underneath him. Yeah. So, I think Dundee, they can look at that and think that's something to build on. We... Went to the Parkhead and we gave them a game. Whether um. it was a fringe side or not, they still gave them a game. Yeah. And I think Dundee, they'll build on this. And they'll build on several positive results as well, because they beat Hearts going into this game. And I don't <laughs> think they embarrassed themselves at Parkhead. So.
0: No, not at all. And plus as well, when you look at that Celtic team, you still had Patrick Roberts playing. Yeah, had Scott Sinclair playing. And... Catering was awesome. Yeah, there was a great strike uh, from Neatrum as well. It's incredibly astute. So, three points for Celtic, clean sheet, can't relate argue with that no. so let's talk a little bit about Celtic's uh, big Champions League game against Bayern Munich this week let's be honest let's be blunt about it I know Aidan's not on the show and I think Aidan will be given some very optimistic prediction as he did the PSG game. we all seen I how that turned out uh,
1: Celtic in my opinion are going to get absolutely battered I, I don't see it being a, PSG are a better side than Bayern Munich I don't see it being as much of a battering as what it was I can see Bayern Munich comfortably winning but I don't see it being PSG levels of a beatdown. Who's the. Like, I'm not really. Jeff, it's Jeff Hinkes that's our manager now. Oh, you're know was going to ask
0: that, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm not really. I'm not going to be honest, I don't know a whole he's lot about German he football. He stepped out of
1: retirement to retake their job. He, he was is back, that the guy who won the yeah, Champions League in 2013? Yeah. yeah. He he, that's, he, ret- he retired on that, so he's stepped back into. To the end of the season? I, I don't know if it's the end of the season. I just know he's got the job. Maybe it's just because. Bayern Munich are a bit more well set up than any other na- uh, any other team that sat as a manager, but I think they had a plan that he'd, he'd, they knew he'd step out and answer their calls. So yeah, uh, Bayern I think it's in it's in Munich, isn't it? So yeah, it's in Munich. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't see it being an easy night for Celtic. That's that's why I said part Parkhead. I would probably say
0: Bayern Munich would win that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't think it'd would be a battering, but it's in Munich and then Bayern will. I think they did. They not. Uh, they lost to PSG in the last yeah, Champions League game. They lost. They lost three and So I think Bayern Munich want to go out there, and make a statement, and show
1: Celtic what they're really made of. Another another end of I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but see if Celtic could could cling to a point in that game. That's that's a strong point. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that because and that would see Bayern Munich worrying because that's them played the same amount of games and got the same amount of points. But I don't see it happening. But I think Celtic will just be. Looking to maybe not even maybe just not look to get battered again. Yeah. I I thought so I would imagine Brendan Rodgers is not going to set up the way he set up against PSG because he thought that he could play the way he plays in domestic football against PSG. He's not going to go to Munich and think he can play the way that they played against Dundee, for example, against Bayern Munich. I think mean, he's going to set up to take the point, maybe nick nick a goal, maybe nick a goal and hold on. But I think Bayern Munich have got too much quality in that side.
0: Right, so let's uh, move on, A bit of apologies, uh, I've got quite a bad cold here, so, um, let see, uh, Ross County beat Hearts, so Hearts uh, beat Ross County 2-1, George James what do you make of it, it was a very, it wasn't a great Hearts performance, but they got the three points, you, out, had to wait,
1: they? you had to wait for the first highlight of the game to be a goal, that came in like half an hour in, so, yeah. I think it was a very Ross County-esque game. And Hearts. And Hearts as well. A Lavinia's game as well. Uh-huh. But, uh, so obviously on Cowes first defeat, uh, I actually thought that Ross County were going to nick it. I thought, I thought when uh, Ross County equalised, I thought Ross County were going to go and take this game. But I think Hearts done enough on the balance of the chances they had. But then again, Ross County could have easily nicked, it to, nicked a point towards the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only, the, one of the probably the major things that the heartful take from that game is Jamie Walker finally scored. Oh yeah. And yeah. I thought Jamie Walker overall in that game was I thought he was fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, I thought he played well. And Gonzalez popped up another goal so Gonsalves, he did. So. Yeah. And Ross County though, do you do you feel as though are wee a bit unfortunate to lose that game? Yeah,
1: I think I think mean, they I think as Owen Coy was saying in his he's uh, his interview after I, I think I thought they had a decent shot for a penalty. And I think it's again highlighting that it's the same thing as what Berra done against Albert And we've seen it several times this season. Berra very much likes to get hands-on with the, the opposition team in the box. And I thought they could have got a penalty for it. He's, he's hauled them down and the referees not gave it. But I think Berra needs to start watching that because... And Levine. Levine needs to start having a word with Berra because that, that's going to cost hearts at some points because you can't, you can't defend the way It's quite important. It's actually... He's got a tendency of
0: doing that in the box and he's bit like Ross County like, they were very very
1: fortunate not to get a penalty I thought I was a stolen on penalty all day long I rate better but I also see that he's very prone to getting hands on and I think if you're an opposition striker and you know that going into the game play on it play on that and he is eventually going to give away a penalty that might possibly be a very costly penalty uh-huh. but he's I mean that's something that he's just he's be stamped out but other than that I thought Hearts played just the same way they've been described throughout the whole season that they've just been not particularly attractive, but getting the job done.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that. Right, see the difference between Hearts and Hibs right now. Um, a lot of people are praising Hibs for their style of play and how they are like like they are some decent football, but they're not winning enough games. Right? Hearts and Hibs right now are separated by a point. Yep, like I was saying, they're separated by a point and. Hearts aren't playing attractive football, but they're getting results, and they're catching up on Hibs. So, going into this Edinburgh Derby, it's coming up, I think, is it next weekend? It's the Tuesday, after the uh, semi-finals. Right, so that's in uh, Hearts' next league game, yeah. So, like, obviously Hearts will be, they'll obviously beat Ross County, they'll be going, they need to be going into that game with some confidence, and that, that Edinburgh Derby will be interesting to see, really, where they're
1: both at. I think undoubtedly, I still believe Hibs have the better team. I mean, Hibs have the better team, and I think Hibs played better football. Hibs have just not got some of the rubber are green when it comes to getting the ball into the back of net. They're kind of flat at times going forward, but Hearts have been getting the job done in recent weeks. I still think Hibs are going to be favourites for that Edinburgh derby, but that result there is a decent a decent result to build on. For oh yes, hundred percent. And especially they've got a wee break; so they've got a break to analyse Hibs when the Hibs are playing in their semi final against Celtic. Uh, but at the same time if Hibs win that Hibs, say Hibs win that semi-final that will give them some boost oh, I mean, yeah. but if they lose the semi-final badly what does, what's that going to do for their confidence <laughs> but it swings and roundabouts so they could win it and it could be a elation and then they go on to get hammered by hearts so they could lose that semi-final and then go on to hammer hearts so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it swings and roundabouts yeah it'll
0: be interesting to see what will happen and obviously those, speaking about those two semi-finals those two semi-finals are going to be two cracking games We've got Hibs, Celtic also Muller, Rangers Muller are doing well Rangers, well, uh, Rangers are doing better than they are doing better than they were last season, and obviously Hibs. They're still—they're playing some decent stuff, and obviously you got Celtic as well. It's gonna—it's gonna be good. It's gonna be some two cracking se- eh, semi-finals, and of course Edinburgh derby that'll be tasty. I love like the derby. <laughs> it's always good, and Hibs actually are I'm beating seven in Edinburghs. Am I right? Yep. Seven so, in Edinburghs. So in
1: going into the game, they've got the men, they've got the mentality advantage over Hearts. Do you think the tide is turning Edinburgh? Y- yes. I think it went from being Hearts' domination to I think Hibs are starting to. When starting do you think to, officially the, the tide turned? The tide, will t- the tide officially turned when Hibs. Pro- see the moment that Equalizer went in at Tynecastle when they were 2 0 down? Yeah. I mean, that was a massive mentality barrier that broke down because the thing with Hibs against Hearts was it seemed like when Hearts took the lead. Because Hearts, I don't think Hearts even deserved to be 2 0 up in that game. I thought Hibs were playing decent football and then Hearts just done what Hearts done and score goals score goals against Hibs but I think then when they equalised that was about Hibs had shown a bit of a mm-hmm. fight and that was a mentality the mentality problem against Hearts had seemingly been conquered and then when you got them back to Tynecastle and then they beat them yeah. and then obviously they go on to win that Sc- the Scottish Cup that season I think that was a major monkey off Hibs' back the fact that they finally won the Scottish Cup but beating Hearts on the way I think that kind of signal, I think that signaled then, then for Newson as well. So, I mean, Sending away from that. I mean, from that moment onwards, Hearts fans were saw saw Newson as the manager that let Hibs win. I don't like. I think Hearts fans have been really harsh on that because
0: that was Hearts season back in the Premiership. They finished third, and I'll never forget it. Right, I don't know if you remember this. It was I think it was the week after or so right. Hearts played at Time Castle and then I think Hearts fans paid for this. Playing to fly over castles, it
1: said Nielsen out, and I thought that was embarrassing. Hibs, I thought that was a joke. Hearts fans, they do, they do. some of them did like, still do like Nielsen, but I do believe some Hearts fans saw Nielsen as the man who let Hibs win that cup. If Hearts, if Hearts had held on for 2 0, Hibs would have never won that cup. Hibs would have even, wouldn't have even progressed to the next round that season, but I think they saw it as Nielsen's. I think they wanted Hearts to close up shop, and I think Hearts didn't. I think mean, they saw that as Nielsen being tactically inept, which then allowed. I think last season though, when Hibbs knocked
0: out Hearts in the Scottish Cup, that, like was that. A, that was a that was the only coffin for Cathro. Yeah. That hundred percent was in the only coffin for Cathro, and it was it was convincing as well. I don't think Hibbs ever looked in that game. No, not at all. Like you see, when Hearts Hibbs beat Hearts last season, two seasons ago, it was one 0 at Easter Road, it was one 0 Last season though, Hearts got battled at Easter mm. Road. And the Mendel mind though, still in the championship at that point, and he got absolutely hammered. So, yeah, um, we'll move on to... Uh, what's next in the agenda? Is it the main event? Yeah. yeah this is the main event. you mean I was going to say... Sorry, my little fans, sorry, Aids fans. <laughs> I was going to say, Lanarkshire Derby makes sense, but this man here, John James, is like, no, no, actually, no, no, they.
1: not Hibs and uh, Aberdeen, that's the biggest game in the weekend. And I'm like, what about the Mourinho the Hamlet fans, but... If, it, if, if it's the two, when two, two of the big city clubs, that's, that should be the last game that's just talked about. So, big result for Aberdeen. Aberdeen mm-hmm. beat Hibs
0: 1 0 at Easter Road. And John James, on was in the capital at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Aberdeen were playing at Easter Road. But John James was not in attendance. He was whipped by the Messies, and he tried to convince the missies to go and the was not
1: having it it's whatsoever. Circumstances out with my control. Yes, he, he, the negotiations did not go well for John I had, James. I had a man on the inside anyway, so I got the inside scoop from the game.
0: Big like Gas Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the game. Um, big result for Aberdeen. The unbeaten run continues, John James. And your boy Ken McLean had a pretty good game of the weekend. he have
1: been very critical of Ken McLean. I thought he was... I thought he played very Ken, well. I Ken McLean had his best... Had the had the best game he's had this season. I mean, he marshaled John McGinn, which nobody saw coming. Nobody saw coming. It would be Kenny McLean who would grab the grab the midfield by the scruff of the neck. I think he plays a sensational ball through again. McKay Steven as well, who seemingly has his. Yeah, you know, he does, he has his finest game in a red a red top against Hibs, and he obviously. Grab, grabs the goal, uh, and I've seen uh, Alden again, look defensively solid since that, that since that bashing we got in Mallow. Murl- and we changed it up and went with uh, Arneson and McKenna in defence. That's a third straight cone sheet since then. And going to Easter Road and getting a cone sheet it's that's a, that's a big well, were all t- uh, people were talking about how can Arden get it done against top six sides we've now beat St. Johnson and beat Hibs in a row before we now play Celtic uh, on the Wednesday after the semi-finals. So obviously the big big test is Celtic but going into that having kept clean sheets against St. Johnson and Hibs I think Arden fans and players will be more confident. Uh, I think, I, I think you're agreeing with me here. I think well I,
0: well, I said last season, I was like, okay, I think Aberdeen's little bubble will burst now. But Aberdeen, they're proving me wrong, they've started the season really, really well, unbeaten. They've, uh, even though they went out the League Cup to Motherwell, if uh, 3-0. But still, Aberdeen started the season tremendously and credit to Ed McInnes. He was players like Ryan Jack, Niall McGinn, etc. And everyone was like, okay, this is it, Aberdeen's bubble popped, now that's it, done. But credit to him, just brought in players, uh, Stevie May and other signs as well. And they've and Cage team, Ryan Christie managed to get like get him for another season. And they obviously started the season really well. Um, and Aberdeen, as you were saying, defensively, I think Aberdeen were very difficult to break down at times. And I also noticed a lot of Hibs fans were ranting on the old Twitter about uh, Aberdeen's antics at the weekend about being too
1: dirty. And I'm like, come on, it's a, it's a contact spot. Ain't you? I, found I found up a little bit. That, that there was a game. There was a game two two years ago when Alberdeen went out at the Scottish Cup to Harps at Tencastle. And that was a game that highlighted that Alberdeen were too lightweight. We didn't we didn't but we Harps were just flying at the tackles, Harps were winning the physical battle. And that's what highlighted for Alberdeen fans. Alderdeen didn't have this physicality in the side. Fast forward two years and we're now in the same city doing it to another one of the Edinburgh clubs and they aren't happy about how our players are going into challenges. I don't think any of the challenges were made were any were too Ludicrous that uh, the referee should have sent off Stevie May as well, apparently. But they have a player like John McGinn in that side as well, who is noto- Marvin Bartley was uh, Bart- uh, it Marvin Bartley, yeah. Yeah. Bartley, he notoriously physical players, and just because Al- Alden's midfield stood up to that, then it's apparently against the rules. Yeah. Accus. That's I- just an Hibs fan. Ridiculously accused uh, referee Stephen McLean of being Kenny McLean's brother. And that's why they, we weren't getting decisions, or they weren't getting decisions, but obviously that's what lot of criticism, there's no, no relation at all. They D- different spellings <laughs> as well, but... Uh, I mean, I, I think from an Allardine perspective, I think that we played well, we stood up to the physicality of Hibs and we beat them at their own game. Hibs, I think, for, have major problems in terms of they don't pull the trigger enough. I they think. don't, work. yeah, you're right. Uh, they were saying that Allardine parked, I've seen several, several Hibs fans saying we parked the bus, but I don't think it was parking. wasn't. they were crowding them out. I mean, this season, the last couple of games, I anyway, know McInnes is, he doesn't seem to play a tactic, one tactic. He seems to look at the opposition we're playing, analysing their, their style of play and then we counter it. And we've done that against St George. we've done it against Muggle after the 3-0 game, and then we've done it against Hibs today. Hibs, or Hibs on Saturday, Hibs didn't get going. Hibs couldn't get going as soon as they entered the our half. It just seemed to go flat as soon as they got there. Yeah, like, Hibs have, like, their build-up play is very
0: good. It's good to watch a build-up play. But as soon as they get in the final third, they, they, sh- they struggle. They do. Uh, especially Anthony Stokes on Saturday. Stokes, his finishing was appalling. Really, I don't know what kind of weird uh, fetish, uh, I don't know if it's the right word, but I don't care, uh, that Neil Lennon has for Anthony Stokes. I don't get it. I think Stokes is really poor. Um, why Sammy Murray wasn't starting bogged my mind why start Anthony Stokes ahead of Sam Murray Murray is clearly the better player um, Stokes I just don't understand what Lennon sees in him really and even overall in the final third just hips just they were clueless they were really they were hopeless they were clueless so they were and i seen what Neil Lennon said in his post-match interview when he said that he, like, he needs more from his forward players just drop
1: Anthony Stokes I think these substitutions were baffling because he, he waited until the 85th, 85th minute to bring on Simon Murray and Hibbs' only real threat once uh, the substitutions were made was Danny Swanson. Danny Swanson was one of the rare players that actually managed to get into the <laughs> 6 yard box at one point. It obviously didn't, it didn't pay off for him but if they'd have brought him on earlier, could they have taken a point from that game? Could, if, they, if Simon Murray came on earlier, could they have taken a point from that game? We'll never know. But they looked better once Danny Swanson was on that puck and obviously Hibs fans weren't very happy with that either. But there's there's a point a point I'd like to make about the every season, I, I said this to you as well, every season for the last three years, all I've been getting told is that these newly promoted sides are going to finish above us. We were told that with Hearts. We beat them. We were told that by Rangers. We beat Rangers. We were told that by, well, well it was Hibs, Hibs fans were telling us, even some Celtic fans, and that's loving that they've got with Hibs. We're saying Hibs were a better side than us. Hibs were going to finish ahead It was Neil Lennon said Hibs were the second best team in Scotland. But as soon as we beat them, it's... Oh, we're the newly promoted side. You shouldn't be aiming to finish them with the newly promoted side. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, we, we get hit with the same stuff every year. And every year so far we've dealt with it. Hibs will not finish above Valerian this year. I and mean, well, We've seen that Hibs are a decent side, but they're not on the same level in terms of how clinical they are. No. But they will be in top six. But the I can I, I'm well categorically say Hibs will not finish an hour in this season. See, I think yeah, I I agree with you. And there's uh,
0: no way. Even was right. Even though Hibs beat Rangers, uh, start of the season. Hibs will not finish above Rangers. Even though the beaters and obviously no my thoughts that game. Alfie was over the beaters due to uh, dubious uh, circumstances. But let's talk more about their, uh, talking about his performance, let's go back to that. They had plenty of shots, right, but not enough from target. Mm. That's what it is like, as we are saying, the final third, I think, they poor. They hit the post in the first half and that was the closest they came. Yeah,
1: and they've only won one of the last seven league games. Call say. I think you can give them the benefit of the doubt in several games because, obviously, two of those games are playing against Celtic and Aberdeen teams that are superior to them. But there's other teams that... They should be looking to beat. Like I think they, I think their Easter Road form is a cause for concern. On the road, it's a bit more. You can give a bit more leeway because teams are better at home, obviously. But Hibs need to be better at home. I mean, they've dropped points at home that they should not be dropping. Like Hamilton, games like that, they should be winning. They need to beat Hamilton. There's several other teams. Muller dropping points from winning positions. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, losing is a sore one because that's them. I was we came to them and took that, but. They need to start picking up at Easter Road.
0: So how many games have they actually lost, right? No, sorry. Um, how many games have they won, right? They've uh, the beat Rangers, the beat Park, the beat Ross County, beat Party. Party. That's three games they've won.
1: Right, yeah. I think I'm right. Three. I don't know. I think, think it is three, yeah. Well, I think maybe because how many how many games have they drawn? They've, I mean they've got thirteen. They've, they've got, got thirteen points. They've drawn against model. They've drawn against Celtic. Celtic, Celtic. Dundee and Dundee. Yeah, so it probably works
0: out about right. Yeah like, yeah, as we're saying, no, Hibs, like, as what like, do you think they will be able to get out of this rut that they haven't in
1: the final fourth? And do you think, but right now, I just don't see I it. I think like, they're thinking, I think they're overthinking it. I mean, they're thinking about it too much. I mean, they're not pulling the trigger when the chance first arrives. They're trying to play it in. They're just trying to pass it into the box. And I think, especially on Saturday, that was worked out very early on. So, you know, all done. was put players in front of them, put players in front of them and how are they going to get
0: around that? But I actually think the main issue with the whole thing is personally I think I'm not I don't think I'm being too harsh in saying this I think it's Anthony Stokes Like if you take Stokes out of that team I guarantee you Hibs will score more goals than they are right now
1: I genuinely believe that 100% Because Simon Murray is our best striker I, I actually think they should go two up front I and mean, I think they should have Stokes and Murray in the side I would actually have Murray and Boyle Because No because Boyle's a winger Boyle, But he can play up top as well the pot, No but I think the width that Boyle gives them is what they need because I think what you should have is you should have a striker that's willing to run and that's what Murray gives you. And I think you should have a striker that's going to sit in the positions to get tap And I think that's what, whether you like him or ask Stoke does. So if you have Boyle beating his defender and then point across, Stokes is there. If you want someone to run for it, then you can give it to Murray. I think they need to go two up front. I think one up front just doesn't work for them. And having to choose between Stokes and Murray when arguably both, Stokes has scored goals in recent weeks. So I think Stokes should, be, should have been in that side. How many goals he scored this season? I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. He's, no sco- he's he scored, he scored a double against Livingston that put them through in the semi-final and he scored in the league as well. So I think mean you need to put he, both of them on the side as well. And they, they work together. Because Murray hasn't scored for a wee while as well. Because Murray, uh, start, he started the season off on fire. I think he got nine goals in the first couple of weeks and then they dried up a wee bit. So I think mean Murray needs to get... But Murray's obviously scored more goals than Stokes. So Murray needs to get game time. And st- I, think st- I think a partnership with him would work. But obviously that's involved involve hips changing formation. And I think because they try to play 4 two, three, one, and I don't think one up front
0: works for them. But do you know what I feel as though, right? Same time Stokes gets the ball, right? I feel as though he just slows the play down for completely. The, the the whole play just gets slow. It gets very slow, pedantic. And it's... He, I genuinely believe he is their, the the issue they've got up front. That's what I, think, I really firmly believe that. So, yeah, let's say I think that's pretty much it for the, yeah. the main event. Uh, big re- good result for Aberdeen. Unbeaten one continues. So let's say uh, t- talk a little about uh, talk a little bit about the semi-finals this weekend. So Hibs and Celtic, John James. How do you see that one going? I would not rule out Hibs completely.
1: I'm Cut not, not going to rule. I'm not going to rule them out. But I think one of the things about Celtic is Celtic get the job done in the big games. Domestically, they get it done in the big games. You have seen it in the Scottish Cup final. Scottish Cup final. It's heartbreaking as it was. We gave them. We posed them some questions that they hadn't faced that season, and they came up with an answer at death. And I think that they'll come up with a, an answer again against Hibbs. Hibbs, I don't see as much as I. I, I gave Hibbs praise for the way they played at Parkhead What What other surprises can they spring on Celtic from what they on the way they played the Parkhead What other surprises have they got up their sleeve that they can bring for that? Well, I think they showed their hand at Parkhead Well, but like, just say for
0: example, right? Just say they get an absolute battering off Bayern Munich, right? And then obviously play Hibs in the semi final last weekend. We well, seen that last season. Though? I know, but see if that happens though. Just say that happens, right? And oh, let's be honest, right? Celtic, they've started the season well, but they've dropped more points than they have this season. They have last. The- so they've not even like even when they've been winning games, they've not been all that convincing. Like even like when they dropped points against Hibs like a couple weeks ago, they they were very like they were very like lucky not to lose that game. And, obviously, at the weekend, the Dundee, they weren't great, But even though they, they still won though, but they were not great. So, would you say Celtic I are f- worse off than they were last
1: season? Uh, in terms of their style of play, yes. In terms of their players, no. Because they still have the same players. I, haven't, I don't know whether Brendan Rodgers is trying to play a different style, but it just seems like it isn't having the same effect. But then again, they could easily come good. But what about, do you think, teams are starting to figure out Celtic now? Do I you think, because...
0: You, I, I'm, I'm actually starting to get that as well. I'm starting
1: to actually think that. I, I highlighted that before the start of the season, that I didn't see what Celtic could do this season that we hadn't already seen. And I think that might be the case that Celtic people, teams are starting to realise that there's a particular way to play against Celtic that will get you results. And I think St. Johnson gave, gave teams the blueprint for that early on when they got the point. Hibs furthered that and gave us another blueprint. The, they knew took the three points in that game. Dundee pretty much had that. They were following the exact plan and then they get they get beat by a, a decent strike. It's a, a, a decent strike from the champ. So I think teams are starting to really, uh, come up well with a play against Celtic, but I just don't see it working in a game where Celtic are defending their their defend that they're on the point of they are defending their treble. They're in they're defending their league cup. I think they're gonna I think they will beat Hibs, but I think it's gonna be an entertaining game. I mean it's probably gonna be a high not a high scoring. I mean both teams will score, but I think Celtic are just gonna outdo it. I don't think it's gonna be three one Celtic. I'm gonna say it will be.
0: On paper Celtic have to win this right and I, th- I think they will. Um, I'll probably say I'll go with a 3-1 a Celtic will win. That's what I think. And Mullerwell Rangers. Mullerwell obviously, obviously flying but on paper Rangers have got the better squad. Yep. Um, Rangers I think in the last six uh, outings against Mullerwell. Rangers are unbeaten against Mullerwell right now. So I'm probably going to go for... I think Rangers ball have enough to see off Mullerwell. And Rangers will continue this... Um, good vein of form in currently right now and I'll I'll go for a 2-1 a win for Rangers and I think Mullerwell will score their goal actually, I actually think Mullerwell will take the lead and they'll score a goal from a set piece then we'll come. Uh, then Rangers will come back and win it and I'm going to go with uh, a Graham Doran's
1: double as so I'm going with I'm going to go for a Graham Doran's double what's your prediction John James? I uh, I think it's going to I think it's going to be a high scoring game I think there's going to be lots of drama in the game and I think that I think that Mullow are going to give as good as they get for for large parts of the game I don't think the game's going to go an extra time I think that Rangers are going to do exactly what they've done they done to party I was about to say you actually called that for party I think that I think that Rangers are just going to get I think Mullow are going to play extremely well for 90 minutes but then I think they're just going to start to they're going to have nothing left towards the end I think Rangers are going to win it in extra time I think it's gonna be free two Rangers, but I think Mull as I said for ninety minutes are gonna get are gonna make it an interesting game. It's gonna be back and forth. There'll probably be a lot of set piece goals, but I think that in the end I think Rangers probably superior squad will tell in the in the, the later stages of extra time. And I think they'll win it in extra time again. Then it'll be an old form final. Yeah. Which will be. And then and then and you can, and then you can experience what it's like to lose de the Celtic in kind a of final. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi
0: that would be depressing. <laughs> and obviously remember last season, uh the build up the Scottish Cup final it was really exciting for both well, for you that was and especially for Aidan And uh and obviously when you lost that game I was like, did you want to do the podcast? And you went, No, no. <laughs> so that's why we didn't see a Scottish you know Cup I've review I've until I've
1: never wished that a point on but I really hope I really, really, really hope that if Rangers get to the final and Celtic get to the final that Rangers make it an interesting game and it's back and forth for 90 minutes and then Celtic score the last kick of the ball so you're hoping Celtic win (laughs) I I, I want Celtic that I don't want another treble but I also can't deal with you if Rangers (laughs) win a trophy so, I, I, said, I said from the start, as soon, I said as soon as Aldean went out because that was my loyalty gone, that I think Celtic were going to win it. So, I mean, Ross, Dewey, I don't think Celtic are going to win the Scottish Cup, but I think Celtic will win the League Cup. Do you know what I would love? I would love it for the Rangers Huds final. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love, love it.
0: Hibs to score in the 90th minute again. Oh man, I mean, that, that <laughs> day still haunts me so much. Like, I have nightmares about that. See, when David Gray just headed that ball in the back of the net. Like, genuinely, I've mm-hmm. never felt so gutted after a football game. So I went down to public on that night. Everyone's trying to get me to sing song. They and I'm like, no, I just can't. <laughs> I genuinely can't. It was
1: very well, sad. Well, I have, I still have nightmares about Tom Roddick, So, right. And so I, we and, both, I st- and I still regularly have to see him, and I will be seeing him at the in a couple of weeks time, so Like we both have, we can, That's one thing we have in common, John. Is we both have
0: really sour Scottish <laughs> Cup final memories, especially last <laughs> minute. I never watched a Cup final last year. Really exciting game then. Uh, I was about to leave to go down the pub the next thing You know, Pfft, Roger Scott, I'm like, GG's going to be. I don't. I do you messaged you right after that. Did I? I can't remember. But I'm, I can just imagine how good you got You close to tears. I mean, it was more
1: stunned, stunned silence for the next forty minutes. Mine was more. The worst train journey home I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you know, did you not tell me you ran out Celtic fans? Oh, but no. That was after the league cup. Oh That, yeah. that was after the league cup final when they were chatting, They were talking about how that they expected more. And we're just like, oh well we expected more as well. Yeah. The Scottish Cup one was more we knew that Aberdeen had gave everything and they just got undone with Fatigue just a came into that moment, in a moment of genius for
0: Tom Roger, You see right, Jack, I know you ate like a lot of Aberdeen but I think majority of that. I think all Aberdeen fans dislike him. But he was just in tears right after the game. I still I, never, he still never came over to the fans, but still never came over and applauded the fans. I think it was too, uh, I think it was quite uh, scared too. But yeah, that Scottish Cup final right after your one was heartbreak, mine was a bit of heartbreak, no, a lot of heartbreak and more I would say more so anger. <laughs> two one up in the last twenty minutes. I still I went on about this game so much, it still haunts me, man. Not gonna lie, it actually does have fans be loving this, right? They're listening to the show. Just two one and I was like, Yeah, that's it. In the bag. And then it's the you know, two each, I went, here we go. Yeah, I'll never forget it. That corner and I was like
1: they're going to score. They're going to score. David <laughs> Gray, boom, goal, and then yeah. I just storm out. And I don't know obviously you want, but that was probably fairy tale for that. That is fairy tale for him, considering how long it had been and how they delivered it. Yeah, it just had to be us against us, so <laughs> it had to be against Rangers. It was man. poetic justice that it was against Rangers after the season that they'd endured with losing out on promotion to Rangers, getting batterings by Rangers. I think mean, you knocked them out of the Challenge Cup like start 6, start of the six 2 or 5 2. Six, 2, yeah. So after that, that. Being that their first competitive game to then that was their last competitive game, I mean that was quite fairy tale for Hibs, but it was like I I always say I always stand by this right. After years
0: old, we won the big one. We got promotion. <laughs> I they that won the big one. that like, on, <laughs> right? Hibs stayed down. They like, they didn't get promoted that season. Right, they got knocked out in the playoffs. We won promotion. We we won the league very comfortably. May I add? Won the Challenge Cup as well. Right, <laughs> the I'm just saying. Cup. I'm just saying. Right, after years old, we had the most successful season that season because they were down like the next season right? we were in the top league they were down the championship for another season I know they they're were, back
1: up now but still Used were playing in the Premier League meanwhile they were going away on a European tour with a Scottish Cup in their trophy cabinet Aye, and how well did that European last no, they, no, they beat Bronby so they done well against them all ultimately without away goals but I don't think they were, they were ashamed of their European performances yeah but that's the thing I always think back to it. imagine Rangers actually won that cup final and
0: we were in Europe well, ah, <laughs> uh, it right, doesn't matter. That's been <laughs> really fine. Yeah, so uh, when you want to preview uh, next week, now or next week's fixtures on just starting Monday's spot, or uh, we'll just do it after the week, week cup ones. Right. So I. Uh, so uh, John James. Hopefully, when I see you next Monday, I'll be gloating over the fact Rangers have made a cup final, and if we haven't, <laughs> said the podcast probably, is cancelled. No, no podcast. No podcast won't be cancelled. If we lose this cup, because it's big for us, right? Saying so anyway, I'm going next. Saying this. Because the pressure's already on him, right? And I've made my thoughts very vocal on Pedro. You know where this is going. If we fail to beat Motherwell in the Scottish Cup, eh, the, the Sc- eh, sorry, the Scottish League Cup semi-final, I want Pedro out. <laughs> okay, that's me saying it out. So that's all we've got time for, guys. And until next Monday, take care and we will see you soon.